July night of 2023. <clears throat> I'm kind of winding down to get ready to go to bed, but I wanted to talk about this. Um, it's going to be a spoiler alert, by the way. Spoiler alert for uh, Skinwalker Ranch, that show on uh, History Channel. We have it recording every week, and so every so often I'll just binge watch a few episodes at a time. I think the most recent one I watched was season four, episode 10. And I found it really interesting because um, it touched on some uh, some of the curiosities that I have. Um, so, you're going to hear a lot of fireworks, guys, sorry. I tried to wait to record, because um, they're not supposed to keep going, but this whole city has been rumbling all day long. It sounds like thunder. It sounded like thunder all day long. Um, people would maybe say a war zone, I don't know, I would say that, but I've never, luckily, I've never been in a war zone, but... um it sounds like what I would imagine a war zone to sound like. It almost reminds me of when Baghdad was being bombed. Um, and I was scared watching that on the television, but I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and just how it sounded in the background, but um, on the television. But it's crazy. It's been all day in LA. It's just all day long. You just hear this constant rumbling in the background. Um, <clears throat> it really sounds like thunder. But the background for me is... It's uh, mild enough that I think I could sleep through it. It's just the ones that are like right near me. Because we have neighbors that, you know, from about June, they start setting off fireworks like almost one a night or something pretty late at night too um <clears throat> so yeah sorry for that noise and I don't know if the air quality has suffered at all um I just feel like my throat is very like I don't know why I'm kind of like clearing my throat a lot but uh, who knows um but yeah I so I don't really know what, I, I can't really speak to what is going on in Skinwalker Ranch. I have my own uh, speculations, and I'll talk about those, but I don't really know exactly at all. Um, so I have a couple theories. Um, one theory so far would be, with my limited knowledge, um, that what they're picking up might be some type of wormhole or portal and um maybe there's some kind of control center inside the mesa so basically 
for people who maybe have never watched Skinwalker Ranch, um, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, there's a creepy story about those types. Um, a lot of the indigenous people don't even really talk about them, and so I don't really like saying the name of the show, so we'll just call them those types of um, otherworldly beings. Um, and they basically go around the, like, I guess the Navajo and the Utes in ancient history had some kind of a, I don't know what you call it, like it's a, um, I don't know if it was a disagreement or something that happened where, um, I believe it was the Utes that cursed that land, uh, in Utah, and therefore it became a, um, like there's all kinds of, you know, things going on there. So basically with this show, you have, uh, a lot of historical and ancient traditional indigenous beliefs and experiences around things that are like supernatural to the area. Um, so there's a lot of this like supernatural, like kind of belief in like spirits. Uh, it seems like the, the vibe is majority that they're bad spirits. They're not positive. Uh, but then at the same time, you see this other extraterrestrial, type of phenomena going around as well as you know what could potentially be like U.S. military or some covert type of um you know securing of the area so I think those are the three main things that you kind of see um so a lot of times in the show you know the researchers who are doing all these different scientific experiments of various types of you know using the naked eye as well as different types of machinery and testing types of uh um like devices like for example you know there's this area that they call the triangle and there's something in the in the sky in that area um where they identify a okay we get it where they identify this um um not think with all that going on they identify that there's something in the air i i don't know how how many feet up but about i think it's about a mile up but i could be wrong 
um, in the sky where there seems to be, they call it like the blob or something like that. And so there's something in the sky in this area where they call it kind of like the triangle. There's like these three little roads that make this little triangle. And then there's also like a helipad somewhere. I think it's near that area. Um, and then there's the mesa, which is this big uh, kind of mountain like kind of hill you know a mesa basically it's like a hill that's flat on top for the most part um and mesa table um and they have identified that in this mesa there's potentially some type of dome-shaped metallic gigantic object in the mesa and on top of the mesa there is this spiral shaped uh i guess uh like area where there's these gigantic kind of like big stones that were laid down by the indigenous people and you know per you know traditional teachings that area where that spiral is on top of the mesa is an area that the you know in ancient times people would say that this area is where you know maybe spirits would come and go things would happen and so these guys you know they've been four seasons in <laughs> to doing all kinds of experiments um, shooting rockets up in the air, trying to, you know, identify what is being captured by the rockets, any type of information that they see. A lot of the times when they shoot off these rockets, you see orbs appear, you see the rockets exploding in weird places. Mind you, these are people who are used to shooting off rockets this is something they're familiar with now rockets do explode and i'm not talking like gigantic rockets these are like the types of rockets you can build for like science experiments and so they're usually like about a yard long or so they're not like absolutely gigantic um but sometimes they're carrying different like they have balloons and stuff that might be carrying some type of devices that can monitor certain things like pressure temperature different things that you just can't see with your eye right and they collect all this data and i'm missing stuff but i mean that's why i say it's a spoiler but if you want to watch the show watch the show um but i want to give enough background information for people who have never watched the show so basically this whole show is they're trying to figure out why even today there's still all kinds of odd stuff happening on this ranch you know they noticed like unfortunate cattle mutilations animals behaving weirdly they see you know ufos on a very routine basis or whatever they're called now um UAPs unidentified aerial phenomenon or whatever like whatever it is there's stuff flying around out there broad daylight this isn't even all at night this is like middle of the day 
multiple people around witnessing something and they'll blast off a rocket to try to test you know what happens sometimes they're just seeing what happens they notice that there's these frequencies they kind of change just almost most times when they have this rocket shooting off every now and then there's like a helicopter that's unidentified that's maybe military or government flying around and they're not able to track these like planes or other like you know identifiable aircraft they're not able to track it like usually when people are flying they're supposed to be traceable you're not supposed to like legally be able to just like fly around without having some type of um uh something on where other devices can trace you but they see them because this is broad daylight a lot of times like but a lot of times when they when they shoot off a rocket or when they do other types of experiments with those experiments come all kinds of other you know um almost immediate issues you know either people feeling physically ill getting headaches um having to go to the doctor with unexplained you know physical issues that were dangerous um people you know just having like odd experiences um cell phones scrambling calling people you know like there was this one time where they showed one one guy's phone and it was just going through his whole phone book trying to like call different people and typing in like tons and tons of numbers and like it's like what the heck is going on and it's like a lot of times their devices shut down the computers shut off it stops recording data i mean all this kind of stuff just starts happening and they do it so much that it's not it's not just like coincidence i feel like almost every at least with the experiments that they show us um that they've recorded you know you see some other kind of thing happen so sometimes they'll blast off a rocket and then they'll see a flash of light in the background or they'll see you know something flying around um you know and and these are just things that are happening in the middle of the day it's not like sometimes it's at night too but it's like often in the middle of the day as well and so it's not like it's hidden it's like if a if if one if one event happens there's some other reaction that they say the ranch reacts it reacts and so uh they try to be respectful as they can um but they you know have this recent experiment that really caught my attention i mean the show kind of scares me but i watch it because i like it um but i mean because i have beliefs that lie in some realm with some of this stuff um you know i you know do kind of have a uh an interest and you know i find it you know basically my theory one of my theories is there are multiple things going on at the same time um one theory is um maybe a cohesive story that the government 
knows that these types of areas exist in places on earth and perhaps there is a type of uh, portal that was already there because there's definitely something in the sky in that triangle area that they can't see but it seems like you know once they get stuff up there sometimes it's revealing that there's something there that they can't penetrate and I don't know what that is but it seems like it's something cloaked potentially some type of cloaked thing I don't know any type of cloaking technology I don't know anything about that kind of stuff but it seems like there's something there and there are multiple episodes that show that you know once things that are electronic get near it or laser pointers bend at the area in the sky or you know there's just some weird types of stuff that you know even when they flew like a helicopter above it and they were trying to like drop certain things like through the area it turned out that I think the I don't know if it was the GPS data that got scrambled or something like there's something there and I don't know what it would be, but it it could potentially be a wormhole. Um, and there could potentially be a wormhole on the Mesa. Um, or through the Mesa. Because um, it seems like whenever there's experiments in the area, things start popping out of nowhere. But within their, their site, it's not like they're oh like some they're doing an experiment right here and then there's something like way somewhere else like 20 30 40 minutes later it's like no they blast off this rocket on their way to go collect the rocket they start seeing like an orb or like a you know ufo or something just like broad daylight it just goes by and passing like nothing ever happened and then that's it you know um and so it seems like you know this might be a portal or there might just be a lot of things kind of hanging out up there because they don't seem frightened they don't seem like they're afraid of showing themselves they're not hiding you know they're just flying around up there and it seems to usually coincide with these experiments right um, so they're aware, whatever it is that's flying around out there is aware that there are humans that are routinely doing experiments for at least like almost four years now, it seems like. So, um, they're, you know, I kind of think there, maybe there is a wormhole. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know the difference between you know, spirits, demons, you know, extraterrestrials. I don't really know how to distinguish. I think it might uh, it might be what your own belief is personally uh, to differentiate between those types of beings. Because, you know, I know what I was taught because I was raised in, like, a strict Christian religion. And, you know, they teach about demons and Satan 
and that you know there's evil angels which are demons and that's you know satan's kind of uh crew you know and then you're taught that there's angels and god and spirits of some form at least the holy spirit but other spirits um in some form and usually other spirits are considered not good unless there's some kind of guardian angel or something but usually you're not taught that other spirits outside of the holy spirit are like spirits to be like dealing with like usually the christian religion has a very closed-minded uh viewpoint about pretty much everything that's not exactly as the bible explains it in the christian tradition not the jewish tradition and the christian tradition which is different i mean you know jewish people don't have lucifer you know they don't have uh the holy spirit like that you know they don't have um you know a lot of things that christians have which is odd but you know we don't need to go into that here but um you would think that because christianity came out of judaism that it would be the same thing but you know christianity definitely has a lot of pagan influence as well um and when i say pagan i'm not uh crapping on you know pagan people uh i know that they do exist in modern day and i do study a bit about you know norse paganism and I respect it. I don't. I'm. I don't understand it because I wasn't raised to think to study it. I was taught to stay away, which means, of course, I will go closer to it and try to understand it better. So, um, I don't tend to stay away from things very easily. But usually, when I get kind of a, a sense or a, um, you know, that's why I kind of don't really mess with this type of stuff too much um but I do think it's important to learn about so with my comprehensive theory I think there could potentially be a combination of things like I don't see that there would be any reason for the Ute and the Navajo nations to be lying about the curse uh that happened where one tribe cursed the other and since that time, there were these types of beings coming about. Um, now, I don't know how wormholes... <clears throat> I don't know how wormholes and portals exist. But, one theory I do have this is not there's no grounding for this theory whatsoever but it's just something that comes to my mind because in studying you know human existence on earth a lot of times we are taught that it's linear and then there's a lot of other research that teaches you know the ones who were teaching all that are lying because they want to make this nice linear story about basically like how the europeans you know that type of race of people was dominating everybody and stuff like it just kind of fits with a theme that's like oh there were all these other ancient people and then these other you know indigenous groups and you know 
some groups became more advanced first and then went and dominated all these other people. So we're kind of taught that, you know, there's kind of this underlying theme in modern human history teaching that, you know, the European type of people became modern and advanced faster than everybody else for the most part and then went and took over all these nations or had a role in taking over all these other indigenous nations of people through genocide and slavery and all these other types of things that people don't want to talk about but usually if you just pull way back and look at what human human existence and theories look like you know we're usually taught we all came from Africa and then there's maybe like five major races of people and then from there you know you know you see different groups rising up out of these indigenous populations and becoming more advanced with their modern technology now just because somebody has some electronics and all kinds of devices I don't think that makes them more advanced and the reason why I say that is because I think there's a lot of power and a lot of ancient traditions there's a lot of stuff we don't even understand I mean we can't even figure out how the heck the pyramids got where they are and how they were built and what they were for it's like okay yeah we can call ourselves modern but we look at at something like that that's a structure built out of earth and we can't even figure it out even with all the modern technology we have we can only speculate i mean i'm not saying that people who research it aren't very wise and intelligent i'm pretty sure they are but there's still not like one definitive answer right and so you know i am kind of more with the theory that you know human history didn't advance in a very linear way and so I mention all that to say if that theory is accurate then technically there could have been beings from other worlds already living here even before the Navajo and the Utes were even in what is now the United States you know even when they were on their indigenous land in North America however they got to their lands and they all have their origin stories and they all have stories of like create different a creator who made them and different things like that like most most races most tribes most groups of people have a story an origin story whether they believe it or not we're usually taught that something or someone created them um or created everything or they came out of some type of already living existing thing like for the Navajo I believe it's a bamboo shoot there are other groups of people who believe that they came out of like a different type of animal or a different type of you know there was some other being that came from some other place that they call their god and you know it makes me wonder I'm like it sounds to me like there were other beings already here like if there was already some type of vegetation for things people humans beings to be evolving out of if there were already beings who were creating other like beings which became humans that they were creating 
Um, I don't know why the why those themes would be so common if it if there was no truth to it, because almost every culture has that idea. Um, modern modern you know science is the only you know place where you really see people saying like oh no it was like the universe and there was this big bang but still even in in those theories with the darwinian type of thinking of evolution humans are still coming out of something living right there's no there's nobody coming out of just like nothing you know, there's no group of people who traces their origins to machinery, you know, to like some type of mechanical device building them or whatever. It's either, you know, you evolved out of some other living thing or you were created by some being. And there aren't that many stories in between that. Um, and you know it wasn't until more modern times that people started thinking that you know that humans weren't really created by any kind of being but also you know still technically humans evolved out of something that already lived and for there to have been a big bang there would have had to already have been laws of physics and elements that already existed somehow I mean it's like I don't know like I don't know what to say about any of that kind of stuff but I mean um so I hope I'm not talking in circles I hope I'm making sense uh, but please bear with me <laughs> if I need to make this in the six episodes I might do that but um so okay you have um so you have the um you know i believe that potentially there isn't like a linear progression of technology i think there's like a combination of linear and you know, higher technology that already existed. Um, now, I'm not trying to say one's better than the other, right? But we can take, for example, there's already uncontacted tribes that still exist on the planet. I don't think they need to be contacted. I think they're fine where they are. I think people should leave them the heck alone. I'm fascinated in them, and I like to consume content about these groups that get found but I also feel deeply sorry for them and I know that their life isn't always made better it seems like in a way it's made better because there are a lot of people like loggers and other types of people that are siphoning you know different resources from these indigenous groups land and it's making it so they can't have you know pure animals or water or food or safety or shelter because there's all these other people running around in their land killing them basically and polluting their stuff and making it so that they get diseases and harm coming onto them and then someone from like 
you know, a modern day tradition comes and, you know, creates some kind of organization that helps to save them and usually has like anthropologists involved to try to make it make it so that some of these groups don't become extinct because of the modern advances, if you want to call it that, that are going through with all these companies and killing all these different groups of people. Um, so I don't really like that they get contacted, but it's like, sometimes it seems like that's what helps them to be able to stay alive, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, when you look at, you know, like modern, you know, developed nations with modern technology, you know, they sometimes come in contact with people who are indigenous groups who have never been contacted, who maybe don't really know about what is going on, you know? Like, they see maybe planes or helicopters every so often flying over the Amazon or something, and they maybe know what it is, maybe they don't. Um, who knows what they think it is, you know? Um, I've heard of people that, you know, less than less than 100 years ago, there were there was a group of people that got contacted um and they showed these people a picture a photograph of i guess people and you know this indigenous group did not understand you know they looked at the back of the picture and they saw there's nothing there so they were just so confused and frightened by it and thought it was some kind of witchcraft like they didn't have any idea of like what this could be like I'm looking at a sheet of paper at pictures of human beings and then I look and there's no nothing there so people got killed in that process um on all sides but you know because there was just a misunderstanding of like what is this you know they didn't know what it was and they're like you know we need to get rid of this you know we need to get rid of these people um and i'm not blaming them i'm just saying um the reason why i'm mentioning all the all of this um between like modern modern technological groups of people and indigenous people who do have technology but it's not modern technology it's ancient technology I can't say one's better or worse than the other, Um, but, you know, there are times when groups who are from a modern culture contact groups from an indigenous culture, right? That's not linear. Like, we still have that situation happening where there's people who live in a land in a world that's different from other people living on the same earth, living life completely differently, and their lives haven't crossed enough to really fully understand one another. Like when modern society, people come across other people from indigenous uncontacted societies it's like they have trouble finding a language you know that they can have in common they have trouble understanding what's going on they might not understand their beliefs 
they might not fully understand like okay where did they originate from like what groups of people are they kind of related to um there's a lot that's not known right and you know they're living you know off the land usually without any modern technology and then there's people with modern technology who are like okay we know they're humans but we can't even communicate with them you know we don't even know anybody who can and so it's like you know you think with all of our bells and whistles and cars and teslas and whatnot and we don't even know it's like there's people living out there that you know we may never know that they existed or we may find the remains and ruins and be like who was here like how many times do you hear that like who lived here who were these people how did they build this stuff what was going on but then we always assume oh like they're ancient and like indigenous ancient old traditions that were less advanced than ours and it's like okay if they were so much less advanced how come we don't know what they were doing right so I say all that because you know I think that that also happens in our modern society we have our modern what we call modern technologically advanced and then there's already things beings that have been living here for ages before we came here possibly they were here before us maybe some of them even had a hand in creating some of these other groups that say that they had a god creating them maybe it was aliens creating some other groups of people some groups of people all groups of people i don't know like i don't know but i'm just saying like there's clearly something going on you know um whether it's just government made you know military odd looking fast moving you know crafts or if it's actually beings that aren't from here and if there are actually portals and wormholes where there's beings coming and going um you know, I think that's what could be happening is there's this kind of parallel going on, first of all, where there's all these different uh, technologies meeting. So in this episode, season four, episode 10, you have indigenous, there's some indigenous culture and traditions uh, and knowledge an insight about the spiral being, you know, some type of a portal, right? So let's assume that's true. Let's just assume it's true because that that was there before most of us came to what is now North America. That idea already existed. They already were witnessing something there's something that made them say this they didn't just assume like oh we'll just say there was a portal here and put some rocks up on the thing it's like no they knew something was there for a reason um because they witnessed things and so they put things there right 
Um, and then they go on, right? They move on. And um, so what I think, what I think is happening is there's the part of, you know, modern technological advancement, uh, in a way, advancement that I am aware of from, you know, how I was raised, you know, living in a city like Los Angeles, you know, it's like, you, it's really hard to avoid technology like that. Um, but then also, I am a person who has, you know, my own indigenous roots, right? Very recent indigenous roots, not like thousands of years ago, like, you know, about one generation past my parents' generation. Maybe I would... I would call that kind of like a hybrid indigenous and then my great grandparent my great grandparents generation uh my grandparents generation yeah would have been kind of like a hybrid and then my great grandparents generation would have been the generation that pretty much uh got you know um overtaken uh by groups of people who made them try to become more western and modern um and so there's a lot that we've also lost and so I don't really know what to say with all that but you know some of us live in multiple worlds like that so even though, you know, indigenous American, like, North American groups of people, I'm not, like, so in touch with that part of my culture, but it's definitely in my blood line, um, and not that long ago also, um, you know, I do find myself gravitating towards, you know, wanting to know a lot about it, so I do study about it, and, you know, so I can kind of see the value in that, in the value in kind of where I'm living in this current space, and then the value of, you know, all these other unexplainable technological things that are advanced past what we currently say we understand. But if I even think about in my lifetime, you know, I'm 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 pushing 40, and you know, in my lifetime, I went from, you know, living in an environment where, you know, we had computers because my dad was like into, you know, modern technology. So we always had computers in our house. We didn't always have internet, but we had computers. We had internet before a lot of people did. Uh, We had cell phones before a lot of people did um and so I remember you know a time before I was like 16 where one of my classmates was like you don't have an email address you know like because he was trying to like email me and I was like I don't have one but this is before MySpace before Facebook before smartphones before I the iPod it was before all of that you know 
um, and we would, you know, barely be able to, like, keep in touch with each other without calling each other on the house phone, you know, and we couldn't use the internet and the house phone at the same time, because we had dial-up, so it was like, we went from that (laughs) to, like, I can't even imagine not having an email address, I can't even imagine not having a smartphone, I can't even imagine not having apps, I can't imagine just not having my life be pretty digital. And at one time, one point in time in school, you know, we used to actually go to the library physically in person. Um, You know, we used to actually type out papers on typewriters or computers to get extra credit. It wasn't mandatory to have or know how to even use a computer. Um, I learned how to type on a typewriter. My typing class started with a typewriter. And then, you know, because they thought we'd get too distracted by all the buttons and all the, like, how to turn it off and on and stuff. They're like, you know, you learn how to type first and use a typewriter. Like, I don't know anybody who learns how to use a typewriter anymore. Like, not unless you're doing it for some type of artistic, creative reason. Um, I mean, I do think they're valuable, of course, but it's like... You know, nobody really, like, if you're going to learn how to type, you might as well just learn how to type on a computer, and you know, usually. But, um, yeah, we learned how to type on a typewriter. It's like, there's stuff like that where you're just like, what? Um, So even in my own lifetime, I've seen how things have advanced very quickly. Um, And I'm pretty sure what's released to society isn't even all of the capabilities of what is available because we don't get we don't get every single thing released to us right so oh man I shouldn't have drank that coca-cola today I only drank half of it and I think I'm getting a headache um but yeah so when it comes to that kind of stuff, um, you know, I can see all these different angles where it's like, you know, we already don't live in a in a linear time because we have indigenous groups of people. We have people who would call themselves modern day people with their modern day technology and then there's something more advanced than us out there roaming the skies that's that knows that we exist or at least you know on that ranch they know that those people exist but you know other people see those types of phenomena all over the place too and so it's like we have like three different layers of things going on and I'm not trying to judge and say like you know, it's hard for me to get out from saying, like, advanced, um, because it's, like, maybe it's touching a level of things that we never, within our human history as we know it, we never knew existed, so that's what I'm calling advanced, when there's something that comes up that seems like this is newer than all the other stuff, but just because it's newer doesn't mean that it's better or that it's more important. And I know for a fact that, you know, when we lose cultures, we lose information, we lose data, we lose importance. And I think, you know, with all the genocides of so many indigenous cultures, we've lost so much. 
But one thing I've always kind of gravitated towards is is music, right? So basically, uh, my theory kind of revolves around, you know, I believe that the spiral on the mesa is realistically some type of a portal that can be um, engaged with. Because these indigenous groups mentioned that, you know, they have traditions of engaging with these portals through sound. And so on the, on, on the episode, you know, the Americans tested, you know, sound waves I think they found a 292 hertz sound wave frequency uh, that they played a tone at that, you know, amount of hertz. And it, you know, made some kind of um, it made some kind of uh like sound the right word it made a sound um it made some kind of um uh there was some kind of reaction when the sound was played and then they got a group of you know uh traditional uh, musicians they're indigenous Uh, they do drumming and chanting I don't know if it's the same exact type of drumming and chanting that is played in powwows but that's the closest thing it reminds me of this group of people is of multiple tribes it's not just one specific tribe and so they began to play their drums in an area that was strategic for where they where the scientists felt um these sounds were going to you know uh create some kind of a a response and so they started playing i don't know how many times they played Uh, But they played, let's call it three or four songs. And one of the songs they played without the chanting, without the singing. Um, And, you know, they started noticing something. uh, And the, you know, the, uh, the computers, you know, they had cameras focused in that area that were like heat sensor types of devices I don't know if it was cameras or what type of device it was pointing and you could see the heat sensor so you could see where the drummers were you could see the different sensors sense the different mapping of the heat of the people while they were drumming you could see the sticks uh anything closer to purple was cold and you know so they started and you know, and anything closer to yellow was like hotter. Um, and so mostly everything looked orange 
And every now and then you would see something that was like purple kind of like appearing. Um, and they noticed that, you know, there was something right around where one of the drummers said that they kept hearing as if something was walking, but you can't see it. And then, um, you know, they, they verified this by, you know, looking at the footage, um, they could reverse the heat sensor footage to like, uh, rewind it and see where the heat sensors were changing. And you could see, you know, around the time that they started mentioning this, uh, that they were hearing something. Cause these guys communicate by walkie talkies and stuff. Uh, they went looking for it. Nobody found anything, but they noticed it and they cut off that part of the experiment at that point. But when they also went back, they noticed two kind of beams or orbs go into the mesa in that same spiral spot around the same time that these guys were chanting and uh, doing the singing and the and the drumming. And so it's like, okay, they've already proven that sound, that drumming, the different types of things can like bring these things, you know, uh, to attention, um, and how or why, I don't know, um, and so, um, you know, and just, you know, them stopping, you know, kind of shows also that, you know, they, they, a lot of, a lot of the indigenous people who live around the area are aware of, you know, these traditional teachings about these types of other worldly beings. And, you know, they kind of stay away from even talking about it. They stay away from the ideas of, about it. Um, but let's assume that everything they're saying is true, that, you know, sound has something to do with these portals, um, and then, you know, there's clearly stuff going on where there's stuff that seems to be appearing when there's not just sound, but, you know, rockets, and, you know, when they're trying to, like, fly around in, like, um helicopters and things there's stuff that's kind of UFO looking that's popping out so it's kind of like why are all these things popping out and not only are they popping out you know when there's these um experiments but there's stuff going on unprovoked you know it's like um there's a lot of stuff that's just going on like they've got cameras set up all over this place and there's stuff that they find when they're just like out and about patrolling or just like observing the land and they find like some burned area or some animal carcass or like some animal got eaten or killed or you know some animal got attacked or like there's all kinds of weird stuff going on and they'll bring out like animal specialists and stuff too that like they're like we don't understand like this wasn't attacked by like an animal or something like that it's kind of like or, like, there was one frame where they saw, you know, during the time that one of these uh, cows was getting, you know, was, I guess, starting to die or something, there was some kind of a 
thing up in the sky like above that area and it's kind of like you know they capture it because they have everything on video so they can kind of go back and forth and like see like what appears where so some of it they're not even catching in real time and then they go back and they're like oh look there's like this or that you know um and to have you know multiple episodes worth of this stuff with multiple companies of people and indigenous groups of people not just not just the Utes or the Navajos but multiple groups of people coming around you know all saying the same thing that you know they're witnessing this stuff you know um, and then they just go back about their lives they leave the area they leave the ranch and they go back to work where they're at or they go back to live where they're at and that kind of stuff and so um that's kind of my theory about about what's happening but um like I really do think at the very least um like I I really do think that there is like a lot of power in shamanic type of drumming like the types of drumming that you know shamans from different types of cultures teach about like celtic drumming uh even the type of drumming that you hear in a lot of like indigenous culture type of drumming in north america or like almost every culture has like drumming or some kind of percussion you know and um like I even remember like I even know like even when I went to a soccer game like a, a maybe like it like two years ago now uh, I went to this soccer game and it was like after work like 7 30 at night or something after work and I was kind of stressed but I was like okay it's right down the street I'll just go but it, you know by the time it was coming up I kind of was not as interested in it because I was like you know and it kind of like made me kind of zone out a little bit you know um and I can be kind of the same like at raves or bars or clubs like when the music is just like that that consistent bass to it you know like uh it kind of like zones me in you know and I do listen to a lot of different types of rhythmic and um like percussive type of music uh to relax uh, I've talked about it before. I like uh, these, like, I guess they're called Native American, like, bird singing, bird songs. Um, I do watch a lot of uh, powwows on powwows.com um, on YouTube. I try to catch them, you know, live uh, on the weekends uh, or whichever the most recent one was. I try to catch them. So when they had those drummers come out, I'm very familiar with that kind of style of drumming. I just don't really know exactly, like, the exact details. Like, is that the same type of stuff that, the same type of music that they play in powwows? Or was it, like, something completely different? Like, you know, um, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff I just don't know, uh, like, even with music from Mexico, I don't really know exactly the differences. Um, you know, like, I can tell it's in Spanish, and I can tell some of the music that I know, like, 
Um, it's kind of funny. I like Norteño. A lot of people, I guess it's like dorky that you're not supposed to like like it, but I like it. <laughs> like I don't know any better, so I'm like I think it's it sounds fun, you know. But I couldn't really tell you the difference between that and mariachi and banda, like. They're all different, but, like, I don't really know how they're different, but I kind of know, but not very particularly. But there's music like that, right? And then it's, like, um, you know, when I hear the type of music at powwows, I'm, like, you know, it's not fully something that I, um, understand, uh, but, you know, I'm getting more and more familiar with it because I'm listening to it on a very regular basis for the last, like, few years or so, and so, like, I really enjoy it, but, um, I know for a fact that it does have an effect on me in a positive way, and so, you know, um, you know, there is just definitely stuff that I've experienced where it makes me wonder, you know, yeah, I don't really think it's just a coincidence, you know, because like I, I usually, I literally use it as like a coping mechanism, like a coping strategy, you know, because I definitely have pretty bad insomnia and have for years. And, you know, listening to that type of music at night actually helps me go to sleep, like, right away almost, compared to most things. Um, compared to even, like, melatonin. Like, I actually feel better in the morning. Um, I actually feel more relaxed at night. It's not just, like, a forced, like, something trying to, like, knock me out. Like, I feel myself easing into sleep and my mind just kind of, like, relaxing. Um, it definitely does something to me. And that's... Um, you know, something that I've always kind of tried to pay attention to is just when I connect with things in nature, what does it actually do, right? So drumming is something I've pretty much always noticed since I was a, a child. I've noticed how drums have affected me positively. I'm the same with the ocean, with water, the way that water affects me positively, just the sounds of it, the feel of it, um, you know, especially when hot or cold, honestly, like it, it has different, uh, it can produce like different effects for me, but like, I've definitely noticed that I have different experiences, um, with different, um, natural things, you know, sound waves, drumming from, you know, sound waves from drumming is natural, that's nature, you know, um, the sound of rain, that's nature, you know, the feel of hot water, the sound of ocean water, or the sound of a stream, you know, that's nature, that's all water, you know, um, I mean, I honestly can't see myself living outside of Southern California just because I need to be able to go to the beach easily and I need to be able to go to the mountains to go to the snow when it actually does snow. And so those are two things that it's like, why, why, you know, <laughs> like, why, like, why would I, you know, be so drawn towards water or beats or 
things like not beats like the food but like beats like you know beats of music like um like why you know i think that's just something that just like i naturally gravitate towards and even fire you know even when i was i don't know how old i was when i started realizing how much i i liked fire um there used to be like a joke in like junior high and like high school um at the religious school i went to that like people would call me and my brother pyros like we weren't like burning actual things but we would always like carry lighters and little like fake types of zippos around and we would just like light stuff and play we kind of played with fire a little bit um and so i wasn't really scared of it you know like we we used to have fire i'm just like remembering this we used to have fireworks that we would get like not fireworks like firecrackers like little things they're not really legal out here anyways but you could still kind of get them so we used to get like i think from the ice cream truck i think there were like these like i think it was the ice cream truck or or something there was some place that we would get firecrackers um there were places we would get firecrackers. There were places we would get, um, like, uh, lighters. And we would just kind of play with lighters and stuff and, like, hairspray and, like, different kind of flammable things. Uh, we weren't, I mean, I would say that is dangerous, but we weren't dangerous with it. Like, we weren't pointing it at each other, trying to hurt each other or anything, but we were you know, we kind of would carry lighters around and just kind of play with them and stuff, and, um, you know, so I got really comfortable with fire, and, you know, later on, you know, I kind of noticed, you know, at night, it's kind of nice, you know, I always found lighting incense to be kind of nice, I always found, um, lighting candles to be kind of relaxing and nice uh just for like calming and stuff like that like it's just so interesting and it's like you would think you know all the things I've tried for like different types of medicines of things that people have like given me of all the things that I've found the most beneficial have been candles not in, not in any specific order, but yeah, definitely cannabis, candles, um, I'll put CBD in there as well, um, drumming, and water, like water sounds or water movement, like feeling water, water temperatures, um, air as well. I like having the fan on. I like having the windows open. Most people who know me, you know that I like to wear shorts because I like the feel of air. It's like all these things I find very calming and, you know, there's not really much more that, that I need too much just to be able to make sure I'm feeling calmer. So... Um, the reason why I say all that is because it's like, I wish, you know, I, I mean, I'm slowly starting to delve into it a little bit, so I don't really want to be like too, um, uh, I hate saying things like woo woo, <laughs> but it's like, you know, 
I think there's a spiritual realm, whatever you want to call it. It may or may not be beings. It may be energies. I don't really know what it is, but whatever it is, I know that it connects with humans through these different forms of nature. And honestly, to me, it's been better for me than any other type of medicine that I've been given by anybody drugs medicine anything and so that's why it's hard for me to be like oh yeah like modern more advanced technology it's like is it really that advanced if all I need to do is like light a candle and like be around some you know listen to some ocean waves or like put on something where I can hear like some beats or some you know, rhythmic drumming and just like be able to finally relax and go to bed. It's like, is that, you know, is that, you know, not advanced? To me, it's advanced. Like it all has to do with, you know, energy waves, really. It's all like energy waves. You know, drumming is, you know, sound, which is a wave you know, um, everything we sense is a wave, all of our senses are through waves, and so it's like, you know, that's all we really need is something that's vibrational, um, because a wave is, you know, a form of a vibration, and so whatever we see visibly, you know, like for me, there's something kinder and nicer about candlelight than there is about light bulbs and ceiling lights there's something nice about you know I mean I live in an area where I can not always comfortably but I can technically sleep with the window open every night all year long it will get cold in the winter and I will get rain in my room eventually but it's like technically I could do it and I probably wouldn't get, like, pneumonia or anything. I would probably be fine, honestly, as long as I stayed warm. Um, but I like the air. I like the sunrise, you know. I like, there's so many things that I'm just like, these things work for me, you know. And, um, yeah, like, maybe I'm talking about, like, two completely different episodes here or three different episodes I feel like um that I could record off of these topics but it's like um I really do feel like you know we're missing out on things when we're so disconnected from nature um you know I remember when I would go on mission trips in um, in Mexico, starting in grade eight, I think it was seven or eight. I can't remember, but we would go and spend like 10 days with kids from other places, sometimes in Texas, sometimes in Mexico. Um, usually the goal was to get to Mexico, but we would stop in Texas usually at Valley Grande Academy and get some other kids that were going with us and we would take some of them with us because it was a it was a religious boarding school I don't know if it still exists but we had a connection with them and we would go get some of the kids and then go to uh Mexico and stay for maybe like a week in Mexico or something and it was usually like a 10-day trip or so 
And, you know, I remember back then we would complain, oh, I can't bring my Discman or Walkman or, you know, I can't bring my own music and I can't, like, have, like, a Game Boy or whatever. And we would go and we would just have the best time. And, you know, like, we would just be talking to people and meeting people and seeing the environment. And they... I think basically it was like a religious control thing, which is why they didn't want us to bring devices because they're like, oh, it's a spiritual trip. And in my head, I was always like, ah, like it's kind of BS. But in a way, it was a spiritual trip to be disconnected from that type of technology. It actually helped. Like now when I look at it, I mean, maybe not from like that religion, particularly necessarily. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying like we were disconnected from it. And it helped, you know, um, it helped with our connections easily. Like we were stuck on planes and in vans with each other for like days on end, hours on end, intense together, like working together all day. It was definitely a community feel and we weren't distracted by anything. Like we didn't have access really to like news or, you know, we weren't like texting anybody we didn't even have cell phones really back then and like um and yeah there was all that but um yeah I just found it I just find it kind of fascinating um because we're always taught you know that you know modern modern is always better and it's like I I do notice in my life I love it obviously because I love techie stuff I mean I'm trying to get a techie job but it's like you know part of me is like um, I'm fascinated by the learning aspects of it just because it's something new and different and exciting to me but um, there is a lot of ancient ancient stuff that's really cool and helpful and you know there's a lot of other worldly stuff that's very kind of interesting it creeps me out maybe it's just because I have a bias because I was taught to be afraid of that kind of stuff but I still delve into it um but yeah um usually I've talked about it before but when I get that sense to kind of like back off a little bit I've been trying lately to kind of back off a little bit because I'm like you know that doesn't need to be um maybe that's just not for me specifically it's not for me but then I found all these other things that are for me and so um um yeah but I think that there is definitely a science to all these other things it's just like people in modern days are like, ah, we don't need to care about, you know, nature, the environment, all those kind of things, you know, and we can just rely on only the modern tools that we've created recently and just do away with all the other stuff, you know, and soon we'll be living in spacesuits and floating around and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, somehow that's supposed to be way better than everything we're leaving behind and it's kind of like I don't know Um, because I've noticed when my life is simple and I'm not you know um, 
so disconnected from all those other things I mentioned. And when I routinely have those other things in my life, even if it's not a religious or spiritual method, I'm just kind of like playing it just to go to bed or something, you know. And it helps a lot, you know, like going to the beach helps a lot, you know, going up to the mountains, snowboarding or not even snowboarding and just being in that kind of snow weather in the snow, it helps a lot, you know, like, um, I think as city dwellers, you know, we kind of have it hard because it's like your mental health definitely gets like attacked if you just don't connect with nature like you're not gonna feel good that's just how it is like you know you almost can't you know make everything synthetic you know I feel like at least for me I'm kind of forced to always go back to nature even if I want to ignore it it's like I eventually have to go to it you know so I don't know, guys. Um, Maybe I went off tangent, off on a tangent and went off topic. But that's kind of my theory around this whole thing. Um, And kind of my own background of current beliefs of what I kind of think about it in general. How I found that some aspects of things beneficial. How I know that it does do something changing to me within... I'd say 30 minutes or less, um, I notice it does something to me. And so, um, you know, I'm talking about drumming, candles, um, ocean wave sounds, being in the ocean, being in a jacuzzi or a sauna or a steam room or a hot shower or a cold shower or a cold pool or the cold ocean or you know, just lighting incense or, you know, listening to drumming or bird bird songs or, you know, different types of things like that. I mean, that's just a whole list of things that I can do pretty easily on an almost regular basis. And most of it, I don't need any supplies. Like incense, you have to eventually get more or make more. Candles are the same. You have to get them or make them. Um, but all these other areas you know, of things that I can do, I've noticed they help me more than most things. And to think that there are cultures out there that engage with this types of with this type of thing in nature on a almost daily basis for multiple hours per day, you know, I mean, I would think that they would have a lot of health benefits from these types of things. Um and you know i i wouldn't doubt that you know they have other types of um benefits and powerful qualities to them that you know have to do with other energies out there you know um that kind of connect with those energies or other energies are kind of like gravitating towards it for whatever for whatever reason they need, you know, um, that's possibly what's happening, I mean, if me, as just, like, this human who's clueless, just, like, notices that when I listen to certain stuff, I feel nice, you know, (laughs) it's like, 
maybe, you know, there are other technologically advanced societies or beings or groups of people who have learned how to use these types of things for energy sources or for some type of um, other type of, I don't know, maybe there's a technology in them because I think there is. I just don't know what to call it because I wasn't raised around talking about that kind of stuff. You know, I was raised around talking about the Bible and then science. And so I can talk about the Bible and I can talk about science until I'm blue in the face. I can talk more about the Bible than about mostly almost anything else. And or weed, you know, I I think I'm pretty well versed with weed, but um I can talk about these things um in pretty good detail. And, um, um, just the way, um, the way that I, that I can dis- discuss those things, you know, um, uh you know that culture you know the christian culture um kind of takes out a lot of things um where it's like you know you don't really see too much that connection with with nature in Christianity so much like when you're reading the bible and stuff it's not it's not quite there in a lot of ways i think the way that you do see it is you know when it comes to things like prayer and faith and healing there is something to it where there is something energetic or spiritual that the Christian religion knew about that you know was relevant for healing um at least Jesus knew about it um the disciples learned about it through Jesus and they taught others about it as well so we don't really know what that is. Um, there is some speculation out there about, you know, uh, cannabis oil, uh, being used. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know how to verify it or not, but, um, like CBD oil or something like that, um, being used by Jesus not that he was smoking it or whatever, but, you know, that it was something he used for healing. Um, I really don't know. I really don't know. Like, there's a lot that I'm like, I don't know what to think about some of this stuff. Um, the theories are out there, but it is pretty interesting 
how the Christian religion isn't very similar to a lot of uh, indigenous religions. It's kind of a more modern religious take and it has been modernized a lot. So it's really hard for me to find overlap. Like even the church I was raised in taught about like the evils of drums and stuff like that. The evils of meditation, the evils of yoga, which are all things that are scientifically proven to be helpful for people's health a lot of the times. And so it's kind of like, sometimes I wonder what these religions are teaching. It's like, you know, there's certain things that I'm like, if I wouldn't have ventured out to find those things, I feel like I would have been at a, at a loss. Um, I'm not saying I haven't had, you know, experiences with prayer that have been um, valuable because I definitely have had those as well. But um, I'd say those types of practices like prayer, eating healthy, um, you know, having a sense of community and all the other things about nature that I've that I've mentioned about like natural types of things to just do to relax and de-stress de and unwind. Um, those are all things that I, that I can find naturally. I can find them other ways too, but it's like a lot of those other ways have side effects or cost a lot of money. You know, it's like it does help just to kind of, you know, you know, try out some of the just natural methods and see if it helps. Um, and yeah, this is like super lengthy, but um, a lot of food for thought. I don't really know. I don't really know what I think. Uh, this, I don't think the season's even over. Maybe it is, but um, yeah. Um, well, with that, I'm done. I'm done talking. I've been talking a while. Thanks for listening.